0: Like I said, my mother always told me that if I lost a fight, don't come home. So, that particular fight that I lost, because I didn't lose many fights in the neighborhood. Okay. Like, I'm crying at this point, not because I'm upset because I lost a fight, but I'm crying because I'm like, shit, I'm finna get kicked out the fucking house. Oh, like, yeah. I'm finna be, like, out on the street. But no, so I'm crying, and she's like, no, I'm very proud of you. She was like, I'm never gonna have to worry about you in life. She was like, you went out there, and you, like, fought, and that's what I want you to do. She was like, I want you to be a nigga that's gonna fight. And she patched me up. And that is like the the last truly tender moment that we probably had as like mother and son. But
1: see, that's a red flag.
2: <laughs> it's a red flag. Okay, let's just go ahead and get into that. This bitch. Uh, welcome everybody to Waving the Red Flag, number one dating relationship, uh, sex, etc. Whatever the fuck podcast in Atlanta, Melbourne, the universe. It's Eddie. It's Alvin. It's Josh. Welcome to the show, everybody. Um, Alright, I'm going to just start with topic. Fuck it. Uh, is the friend zone a myth? What's up? Let's get into it.
1: It is definitely not a myth. That is a real thing.
2: I agree. Alvin?
0: But... Oh, sorry.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Please, Alvin.
0: I think it's 99% a myth. With very, very, very small percentage like
2: one-off cases. I feel like I would agree that a lot of what is considered the friend zone is actually men choosing to stay friends, choosing to stay in a relationship that doesn't fulfill them. And I think a lot of that friend zone shit could be easily solved by just exiting a relationship that's not giving you what you want, even if that what you want is to be fucking this other person. Simple as that. Can you
1: describe what the friend zone means to you? If a man or you know whatever, if it goes both ways, man or woman if you're just friends with somebody, but you wouldn't mind it being a little bit more, you wouldn't mind having some benefits, but those benefits aren't going to happen because y'all just friends. Like it's not that type of party. Um, Is that what you?
2: Yeah. But I think the rhetoric around it a lot of times is, it's this idea that, (sighs) I mean, really, if we want to get into it, it's like that women don't like nice guys. And like there's all these men who are like good and want to be like romantic with a girl because they're a nice guy. Oh, but okay. they're stuck in the friend zone, you know, because okay. the, the, the friend zone is like usually categorized as something that is done to a person passively. It's not like yeah. I want to fuck you and you kind of want to fuck me. But we're both have agreed with just friends. That's very infrequently what we're talking about when we say the friend zone It's usually yeah. I want to date you. For whatever reason, I'm pretty sure you don't want to date me, and so I'm in the friend zone. How do I get out of the friend zone because I've been put in the friend zone? And it's usually man in the friend zone, girl, keeping him there yeah. is the rhetoric.
0: Yeah, um, and it's it ultimately comes down to this situation where the vast majority of the time, I feel like, to Eddie's point, you have these guys that are fully aware that they're in this situation where they're interested in in a person and that person's not interested in them in the same type of way. And they are trying to like weasel their way into it by being this quote unquote nice guy stereotype. That's the vast majority of the situation, which is why I think it's a myth most of the time, because that's you playing yourself. Nobody's friend zoning you. You are putting yourself in a situation that leaves you unfulfilled. I will say that I I do think there's a small percentage where the person who's not interested abuses that situation for for gain. I do think that happens sometimes where they know like I can make this person do some shit. Mm. I don't even really I'm not even a really good friend of this person. You mm. know, I'm just using this person because I know they'll do shit for me. So that's the 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 kind of one-off situation, but I do think mm. the vast majority of it is just guys playing themselves.
2: See, th- this that's why I That's why I had to agree with Josh off jump. I think that the percentage of that happening is a lot, a lot higher than you're making it out to be because I think most women understand on some level, the extent to which, or the way in which men are interested in them. I think most women very, very clearly understand that for the most part. So they know that this man is doing these things and is allowing these you know, I guess what you call them like trespasses, like he's giving you rides, he's paying for meals, whatever. They know he's doing that because he is a man and she is a woman and there's proto interest in something romantic. She knows.
0: The reason why I don't necessarily buy that it's a super abundance of that situation happening is because women have very different expectations of their friends. They're like real friends than men do like female friendships are very like intricate, very taxing. They require a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of women, when they really think that a guy is a friend, they're holding them to a completely different standard of friendship than, than what men hold their friends to. And that was what,
2: and that was what I was going to say, because in these situations, and let me, let me preface this by saying, I'm not saying it's like 90% of the time. I I think most Mm -hmm. of it, I would agree with you is men allowing themselves to continue in a relationship. that doesn't fulfill them. But what percentage would you give it? I give, it? I give. I'd say, I'd say a quarter. I'd say a quarter of these are women taking advantage of a man that they know would not be giving them these benefits if he wasn't interested in them, and they're abusing that desire. But I would say this whole idea that women's friendships are stronger and have, you know, more expectations on them. So they are not surprised by the way that men treat them is absolute bullshit because those women are not giving those same benefits to that man. So a lot of the times women who have a dude in the friend zone, they are not a friend to that man. It is a 100 percent one way friendship. They are not there in his in his dark times. They are not there for emotional support for him. They're not picking that nigga up from the airport. They're not doing shit for him.
1: That's not I, I, I got to disagree, Please. Like, okay, so if you have, like, a legit friendship with a woman,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if she's not doing those things for you, like, it's it's actually just not a fucking friendship. So we're talking about something I different. But I know, I know plenty of women who show up for their, their friends, like, whether it be a man or a woman. Mm. Like, you know, like an actual friend.
2: Wait, 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 hold on. Let me clarify. I'm saying... Of those twenty five percent. Of those twenty
1: five percent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, I'm not
2: saying fault. that women my aren't fault. good friends. Like I have, I have female friends that are good, but I'm not in the oh, friend zone, and they're not cool. in the friend zone.
1: You know? Okay. Cool. My fault. I missed that yeah. qualifier of, of the twenty. We talking about that twenty five percent? Yeah. Specifically like that, yeah. the situation For where sure. it's the oh, friend okay.
2: zone. These women are not his friend in the first place.
1: I'll fade back into the shadows. Gotcha.
2: No. Nah, no. Nah, you got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> so that's all I say. I, I say twenty five percent. So I don't think it's a myth, and I think a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, you're just a nice guy. You were really just waiting to fuck me, bruh." What what friend of yours pays for all your meals and you never pay for theirs, nigga? What 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 part of the game is that? Come on, you know what you're doing. Okay, I got a I got a homeboy that that
1: will do that, that does that. Does what? Like that he like he has like platonic female friends, and if they like go out to eat, mm. nine out of ten times he's gonna pay.
2: That's wild. He don't
1: always like to do it, but I think he kind of does it just. It's either out of habit or it's just like no, like I'm if I'm able to pay, I'll pay. But you know, he got, he make more money than I do, so I mean, shit. That's and he only does this for
2: his female friends.
1: Yeah, if it's a girl, yeah. Like if it's was <laughs> his home girl, Them his home girls, Them his yeah. they made his hour, friends home They made his fucking friends.
2: They his friends. That's not true. That's not true. What what are they That's okay? What what are they doing for him?
1: They're friends,
2: nigga. What but are they a, doing it's a, it's a, for him? Motherfucker, I'm
1: not living in, like, life, but it's, it's like, but these are, like, mutual, like, women, like, some of them are mutual, like, friends that we have between us. I'm not doing that. And he's not looking for anything, so if that's your idea that you have in your head, then, like, no, that's not the case. He is not looking to benefit or gain something from paying, but that's just part of his character. He's, he's like, a a solid stand-up nigga. Of course, that don't make you a solid stand-up nigga by paying for women and shit. I'm not saying that. Mm. But, I'm just telling you, like those type of dudes do exist. Just because it's not some shit that's you know possible in your realm of thought.
2: No, I, nigga. <laughs> no, what I, you, I, I know. I know paying Man, he's paying for bitches. He's like a. He's like a.
0: He has like that old school. Like I'm a gentleman. I, I, yeah. I'm, I have some means. Like these are ladies. Yeah. I'm, I'm These are I, like yeah, yeah.
2: How is old school? An I don't have that.
0: I don't have that. I don't have that yeah, nigga, you know, either. within me. Me either, but meeting yeah, me, me
1: not neither. For my, not for all of my homegirls. Anytime we go out and do some shit, like I'm not just hell man. nah.
2: Like the idea that old school is somehow an explanation of something or adds something to justifying this behavior. I don't, I don't. I'm not getting that. But I'm not saying that he's necessarily looking for sex. I I can concede that he's not necessarily looking to fuck these women, but. In 2021, if a male friend of mine were constantly paying for me and every other member, male member of a friend group, there needs to be something that I'm doing as his friend to make that even. Otherwise, I'm a mooch. Changing my gender doesn't make that any difference. So it might not be that he's trying to fuck them, but those are not his friends if they are not doing something to make up for the fact that this nigga is financing their socializing. Man or woman.
0: I do. Okay, so. I, I don't know context. I and maybe see- they are. I don't know, but. I want to say that I agree with you Um, like I have I definitely have friends that I pay for but it's it's like a cyclical basis it's like you know I got the drinks this time you got the drinks you know next time that kind of shit however I do want to push back on the fact that you can do stuff for your friends that make you a value that. Aren't necessarily monetary. Monetary. No, uh, yeah, yes,
2: yes, of course. Yeah. 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 Maybe
0: it's like maybe it's like they're just, they're just there for me, you know, and like his way of absolutely. like looking out for them, the way they look out for like the way they look out for him is just totally. paying for some appetizers or some shit. They're just there for him, you know. Totally. He needs
2: yeah. to talk
1: when and, he needs somebody.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that I'll, I'll, would yeah. be the
1: case, Alvin. So thank you for breaking that down on my behalf.
2: Okay. No, you look. I, I, look, I'm making some assumptions because of the context of the conversation that we were having. It's 100 possible that. Uh, yeah, I totally uh, let me let me step back and cool off. Like, it's totally possible this nigga's paying for everything, and his friends are good friends to him, and he has not happens to have it like that. So why not? So I get that. That's that's totally fair enough. I guess we were just yeah we were right. talking about that context of people taking advantage of other people's yeah. finances, etc. So that's kind of how yeah I was seeing it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I got you. I got you. But I guess to get back to that though, I I, I do agree with you about probably about twenty five percent of women probably are very if not maybe just a little bit more very well aware hmm. of how some dudes might feel about them and very and are very well aware of the situation and the power that they have in this hmm. dynamic because of course they don't care about the other person like the person cares about them so you always have the upper hand in those types of relationships and yeah so i, I mean i'm with you
2: yeah i i so i don't i don't think that it's a myth i think the because I've heard the it's a myth thing that like if you're just a nice guy because you want to have sex with this woman, then you're not really a nice guy as like this rebuttal and that like, no, we're just friends and you weren't ever really a real friend. if you It's like, no, nah, man, there's nothing wrong with somebody having a romantic interest in another person. And the, the way that courtship process happens isn't always like discreet one and done. You know what I mean? like
1: Of course, I'm going to treat the woman that I'm interested in differently from a woman that I'm not interested in.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's
1: fucking basic. Like who, like some of these people, like really be like going way off the rails into like a realm that don't even fucking exist in this reality. <laughs> Thinking of these goddamn dumbass things that men do. like. You're not a real friend if you just if you was just trying to fuck. If you were interested in fucking me, you're not a real friend. Like no, like that's not no, that's not it. Like I'm actually interested in you. I, I yeah, I wanna fuck. I'm going to put in more effort. I'm going to try to you do what I do. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I mean, I'm genuine with it. I'm actually a genuinely a good person, but I'm going to treat you differently than somebody I'm not interested in. Point blank, period. Like, if, if, and even taking just fucking off the table or just this whole, like, friend zone, is this a myth, whatnot. If I'm with my girl, how would she feel if I treated every single girl like I treat her? Like, does...
2: Oh, yeah, okay. Wait, well, what's the, I'm, I'm, I'm missing what the... the- Correlation? Yeah, the correlation, yeah.
1: Well, Okay, so it's just like, are my feelings genuine mm. or not? And it sounds like, well, you're not really a friend if you were just doing X, Y, and Z. Just because, like, if I'm treating my girl like a certain type of way and I'm not doing that for other people, does that mean I'm being disingenuous to my girl? But if I were to treat every other woman the same way that I do treat my girl, like, does that mean, like, wouldn't that be an issue to you?
2: I guess their argument would be that your girl isn't purely your friend and that 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 is a different type of relationship. You shouldn't be treating me some special sort of way. You should be being my friend because you're my friend, not because it's part of a courtship process. But in to, to our defense or whatever, the courtship process is not always clean and smooth like niggas. <laughs> Niggas end up being friends where that wasn't what they was aiming for from the from the jump. So it's not like they weaseled in on some friendship shit. They were like, Hey, how are you? And then you were like, Oh, I love you, bestie, one day. And they're like, Wait, what the fuck? When did that happen? Like I thought we was I thought right. we was going yeah, somewhere, right. nigga. When <laughs> yeah, did that happen? Right. right. Like, well,
0: <laughs> no, but I think but I think given that context, I think Josh's point is especially poignant because okay. he he's saying that friends is our baseline, right? Friends is our baseline. But I'm courting you. So I should treat you differently. So you're right. The courtship process isn't this clean one to one kind of situation. But if I'm still pursuing you, like there has to be a point where there's pursuit. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a point Hmm. where like we don't even we may not even know each other and there has to be pursuit. And during my pursuit phase, I may be going above and beyond. I may be treating you differently. And that doesn't mean that I'm not being genuine. That doesn't mean that I'm not being honest. It means that, like,
2: I'm pursuing you as a part of this courtship process. But couldn't you say that that's not you being a friend in the first place? Because I mean, like, I, my my perspective. Actually, let me just ask the question, and then yeah, that was the question.
0: That's fair. I feel like at what stage does that happen? Kind of defines whether or not it's being a friend or not, because there are definitely situations where people start something as a friendship and they decide to pursue Mm. something a little bit more as a result of that friendship. So I think it depends on like the temporality of when that situation occurs.
2: Yeah. Now I would have to agree. Another thing I was going to say is that I think like I said, it's probably only 25% that are really women who fully know and are taking advantage of the situation. Cause I also, I also think there's like another 25% of women that are like, yeah, no, I know that this man probably would have sex with me under certain circumstances. However, that doesn't invalidate the fact that this is still a friendship. Like, I'm a friend to him. He's a friend to me. And yeah, I know if I was like, hey, do you want to fuck? He probably would say yes. But that's very different from him being madly in love with me, which I think is a really big distinction. Like most niggas will fuck you under the right circumstances. That's very different than like I am trying to date you and I'm stuck in the front. Friend- that's very, very different shit. So we're just
1: actively li- pursuing that. Uh, yeah, actively looking like, you to know, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm not hungry, but I could eat. Are, they're two very, very yeah. different kind of situations. So I would say there's there's also that that has to be taken into account. But for a lot of these dudes, I think a lot of the fault falls on them, which is, my view is, that I've been in the situation in, I've been on both sides of the situation where I've said to someone, let's just be friends. And I've had someone say to me, let's just be friends. And I do exactly what women do in that situation, which I think is totally fucking reasonable. No, thank you, nigga. Have a good day. And that's fine. I think that's totally fucking reasonable. No, thank you. Hey, bro. (laughs) I have never told. I have never told a woman, "Let's just be friends," and she went, "Yeah, okay, let's do that." I have. That happens. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not not saying it doesn't happen. No, no, no.
1: I'm not taking away from you or or anything like that. But
2: (laughs) no, thank you.
1: i'm oh, sorry that's hilarious that's hilarious yeah I, i've been in that situation you know what i'm saying and i never like was just and i never was just like fuck that nah because i didn't want to be i you know i i I feel yeah. like and this might be a little bit like toxic or just because like you know as a man like you feel like you kind of have like to maintain an image you don't want to be uh being seen being uh disheveled or frazzled you know oh your emotions, yes yes, yes 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 so it's like oh yeah yeah cool cool whatever so big deal like you know i just brush it off <laughs> oh, it's fine of course, no
2: it's good don't. Oh, it's not like i love you after that changes yeah. i'm not like you know doing the same shit after
1: that like you know yeah. but but yeah i just never be like nah fuck that you have a good life
2: yeah <laughs> no every time i'm because uh, i'm i'm I never thought of it as being like frazzled or anything like that. Cause I think if I did, I probably would be more hesitant the way you are. But I think like I was seeing a girl and I was, I started tripping and she was like, um, I don't want to be with you intimately anymore. And i but she was like, but I'd like to be friends. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good on that. And she was like, oh, why? And I was just like, oh, because I want you. Like, I'm not, just cause you broke up with me, don't mean I, I don't want to fuck no more. Like, <laughs> I'm not interested in that relationship, but it's no negative feelings, but I'm good.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. But I do think that like, I do think that we need to be as a society open to the fact that like I can like 100% see value in being with you and get like good out of you. And I think that you can get good out of me, even if we can't have that level of relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like we didn't, we didn't get the a on the paper, but could you be cool with like a B plus, you know what I mean? So it's like, we can still get something out of that. But I do think that what you're saying is 100% fair. And I wish more Mm -hmm. people took that route because they'd probably be happier with themselves yeah that's facts
2: that's a good point what you said i think it i think part part of it does come down to insecurity for me it depends it depends how intensely i want a person but for me having nothing is much better than having to face the fact that i'm unwanted by another person in that relationship it's like if your husband says you know what i think we should just date casually it's like that downgrade is is actually worse than just dissolving the relationship. It's, di- it's difficult to look that kind of rejection in the face every day and be dissatisfied knowing that you want the relationship to be something more. If it was something where I was like, ah, I you know, I kind of was whatever about it anyway, then I could kind of go the route that you said. Like, I think we can give more to each other outside of sexuality. But if I want you like I want you, I'm not about to sit up here watching you fuck other niggas and love other niggas and shit like that while we're friends nothing against you but i'm i'm not gonna subject myself to that
1: that's real that's real i know i could definitely uh i could definitely take a page out of your take a page out of your book for well with that because it's like it's like oh yeah oh yeah cool cool yeah we can be cool whatever like if you just like really need me for something you know maybe I look out for you, whatever, mm. or you need to talk sometime. But that's just kind of my care. Like, you know, I, I once I know what it is, even if I wanted you, like, once I know what it is, it's like, all right, cool. My pride and my ego is not going to let me make myself put myself in a, a situation where I'm just like really got clown paint on my face, you know what I'm saying? For, mm. you know, eight out of 10 times. So, but like Alvin said, like, more dudes actually kind of pr- would benefit from being more upfront and like, nah, actually. I'm not even going to put myself in this situation. Yeah. So I'm good. We don't even have to be friends. Like it's, it's, all it's good. respect. Yeah, it's yeah. respect like but Absolutely. we don't have to entertain or like you don't have to be a dick about it.
2: Yeah, I think people get like too too heavy in that entitlement shit cuz I was I was just having this discussion around I think the inverse of that is women who feel um, entitled to a relationship because sex is happening. Again, there's like a bunch of, like, there's math and I'm, like, flipping to make it the same thing, but I think it's a real one-to-one there where I think people just get mixed up that because they feel a certain way, other people are entitled to feel that way and because their feelings don't match up with the situation, the other person misled them and it's like, no, man, is so much of this shit is so fucking simple. Say what you want and accept the answer. It's so fucking easy. Say what you want accept the answer and it'll solve so many of these fucking problems but people are afraid to say what they want because they're afraid of the answer and if you're afraid Mm. of the answer and unwilling to ask the question then you never really were interested in the other person's view you just were focused on getting what you want which don't work
0: i could not agree more
1: yeah bravo yeah bravo nigga
2: hey (laughs) so that's that that's yeah that's, that's my feeling on that one. Um,
1: Hold on, let me, let me give you one of these. Oh, motherfucker with the applause, with the applause. With the you, applause. Deserve you deserve that shit. We're going to throw in an emoji on that bitch later on. <laughs> um,
2: but I do Look think... man,
0: brief tangent. What do y'all think about this whole good guy situation? What's oh that? Oh my fucking God, man. Like, oh my God, I'm such a nice guy. I'm such a good guy. Why doesn't she want to fuck me? You know, I opened doors. I bought her a meal at Applebee's.
2: <laughs> I think my take on that is probably more toxic than healthy, so maybe I'll just uh, let Josh, as the resident actual good <laughs> good dude, <laughs> see what he says first. Because I don't, I don't I don't think my viewpoint is correct on this shit. you sound
1: <laughs> like you about well yeah, nigga she should be giving me the pussy. You got applebee's?
2: Nah, no, not even. It's toxic the opposite direction. But go ahead. <laughs> Let's like, toxic I'm like, in the opposite direction. You'll see. Like, <laughs> oh,
1: shit. All right. Let me just. I'm the opening gag for, the, for this yeah. hot take oh. <laughs> I don't even want to say shit. Coming to the stage, know, Mr. Know, right? Mr. Moore. Give him a round of applause. Yeah, this is crickets. <laughs> When's Eddie coming so, on? What, what's oh. supposed to deal with airlines, huh? <laughs> All right. Um, but so, as the resident, somewhat good, nigga self identified somewhat good. A lot of these niggas got the game fucked up because they are, they do have like a, somewhat of a a transactional mindset. And, and I feel like just because you, as a man, if you put women on a pedestal in your mind and you treat them as such, you kind of, you're fucking up already. Like, and you think like, you think that's the right thing to do. You think you're being a good guy because we think we have, that women have this, I want to be treated like a princess. I want to be catered to. I want to be treated fairly. I want to be treated nicely. And then, like, as men, and especially speaking on myself from past uh, behaviors that I've done, like, you know, just kind of like men- mentally put women on a pedestal and be like, oh, my God, like, you're so great. when And you give them, give them this attention or this treatment. And they're like, nigga, no, I'm not. Like, I just fucked three niggas last week. Of course, I'm just like throwing some bullshit out there, but it's, it's right. Like, no, I'm, I'm really not. Like, you're treating me way better than like, yo, chill. Like, actually, just bring it down, and maybe I'll be feeling you more. So, I just think that these good guys, they, their heart is in the right place, but the execution of it is uh is 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 wrong. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and and. and and I mean, I get it, I get it. I mean, like, it. it sucks because, like, you know, when your heart is in the right place, like, genuinely, you don't understand why you're not getting the results that you want. It's very frustrating because it's not like you're going out with ill intentions, but you know, you following the wrong playbook. It's it don't work. Um, and I don't yeah. mean you have to be like a total dick, you know. Mm-hmm. Either. Yeah,
0: and Come I think up. and I think it ultimately comes down. My viewpoint of it is that these quote unquote good guys. Just completely missed the mark on what women want. So they're focused yeah. on they're mm. focused on the garnish and they're forgetting the steak and
2: the potatoes. <laughs> mm. So like they're absolutely like, like, mm. like you, nigga you gave us a plate of seasoning <laughs> and it's like why are you <laughs> not eating, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This literally what they're doing. It's literally what they're doing. Like women, women, and I, and I've said
0: this and I've said this this is partially toxic, but I've said this and I've stood on this and I'll stand by it again. Women will look a, the other way and make all kind of excuses for you and like, mm-hmm. basically lie to themselves if you fulfill like, a checklist of like three or four things and none of those things are like you opening doors and like fucking like paying for the meal. That's like table stakes. If you're like, excessively good looking by their standards, if you're like a high earner, if you have like a position of power, Funny like as they'll fuck. look the other way exactly they'll look the other way on a lot of that little bitty shit and these good guys online always focus on the little bitty shit they think they're gonna nickel and dime their way to getting like the meat and potatoes but again all of that is just the fucking garnish you're just trying to like parsley your way to some pussy and it's like ridiculous
1: (laughs) (laughs) you've tried to parsley your way to some pussy (laughs)
2: <laughs> my nigga Alvin uh, came with the buckets. That tonight. was good. <laughs> that was good. Yo, you know what? I, my my take is not as nearly as toxic as I thought because both of y'all niggas answered very toxily, toxically. <laughs> so I thought I was tripping, but basically, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, shit, you that's your that's your main fucking mistake. You being nice, you got to be mean <laughs> to keep them king. Goddamn you 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 out, you out here. Treating these hoes no. nice, no wonder they don't like you. What? That what was do you definitely, mean? That was definitely more toxic than anything that we said. I don't know what the fuck. You That's thought. exactly what that the fuck both. had a whole
1: rhyme like prepared. You gotta be mean to keep them keen.
2: That was that was exactly what Josh said that shit, but he buried it in a whole bunch of stuff where he was like, because he said you're doing too much, and I would actually be more interested in you if you toned down this hyper nice love bomb type treatment. I. Yeah. I'm a little bit divided on this issue, honestly, because I think I get some of their frustrations because but the problem is you can't really negotiate. So 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 they're they're logically incorrect, of course, but they already know that. So they know that they're trying to season their way into, you know, somebody eating at their restaurant. They they understand that what they're doing doesn't work. They're just mad at the clientele. And I agree that that doesn't work. But they that's not really the issue. They know that what they're doing doesn't work. They are mad because they feel that it should work but you can't negotiate attraction. You can't mm-hmm. make the shit work just because it should work. But I think that there's something to that argument back to our conversation, uh, you and you and I, Josh about broccoli and steak or dro- broccoli and loaded fries or whatever. Yeah. It is fair to say that a lot of times the things that we're attracted to, or we pursue are not necessarily good and are oftentimes paired with these toxic behaviors. So it's like, I can, I can, I have some sympathy for a guy who's like, I'm trying to treat you kindly but you don't want to fuck me. I don't think that it makes sense to blame women for that as like an evil thing they're doing to that guy. But I think it makes sense to go like, yo, these niggas that you're attracted to are treating you like shit. They're traumatizing you. They're, they're subjecting you to a, an unpleasant life, which in five to 10 years, you'll realize maybe wasn't that ideal. And men do the exact Mm -hmm. same thing. Men spend tons of time on women who treat them like shit, but who are attractive and sparkly. Everybody does this.
1: Or give them great sex and just are very toxic in other areas and just cause a lot of burden.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I was trying I was trying to absolutely. be demure with it by saying sparkly, but yeah, put the pussy on them, you know, quite immaculately. That, that same thing kind of happens. So I get that frustration. At the yep. same time, I do think a lot of them are just they're leading with garnishment and they actually aren't providing as much as they think they do because there's a lot of guys yep. who are nice and are attractive who are doing exactly. just fine. Yeah. So it's a, a lot of them are like, you're a good guy, but you're not anything more than that. You're a good and uninteresting, boring, smelly, weird, socially awkward guy. Like, cool, you brought the garnish that... But yeah, there's actually attractive people out here who are also good. good. But there's also niggas out here that are just steak. They don't got no garnish on it. It's just, yo, I'm attractive. I'm sparkly. I know how to talk. I'm funny. I'm high status. Everybody likes me. I know how to light up a fucking room but i will gaslight your ass to death i'm terrible i'm gonna cheat like a motherfucker but hey i look good you know so
1: do y'all remember when we had that incel conversation like this was like like literally like a year ago
2: yeah 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 i think this is related for sure
1: yeah for sure because it's like and i and and eddie i totally i actually agree with you on both sides because i honestly i was that nigga, and at, at times in my life, I've definitely been like that—that that nice guy, and like, oh man, it's not working out. Like, I know you're dealing with like all these fuck guys. And I'm trying to be the good one, but mm. it's like I'm really <laughs> not answering your needs. Right? I don't know what you want. I'm just operating off of some goddamn Disneyland, fucking fairy tale shit that you know in my own head that I yes. or what I think a woman wants in a in a good man. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So there a lot of the onus is up to the guy to do some uh, evaluation like and we and and I don't mean like become an asshole or become like just some sort of extremely toxic fuck nigga like that wouldn't no would no one want mm. but you got to like do some recalib- recalibration Le- recal I can't get my damn words right recalculation you gotta do some- yeah recalibrate Capricorn. You got to recalibrate. That's mm-hmm. what I was trying to say. There we Thank go. You.
2: See, I, I knocked Calibrate it loose. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you knocked it loose with the Capricorn, but you got to recalibrate. <laughs> you got to
1: recalibrate and go back to the drawing board a little bit and be like, all right, well, what does she actually want? Am I really like addressing her, like what this person wants, what this person needs? Like, am I being genuine? And I get that from one from where women say, well, are you really a friend or are you really X, Y, and Z? Because like, am I actually being genuine to who I am and what I want? and communicating that but i you know what am i bringing to the table other than just i paid for a bill i should be getting pussy like you know what i'm saying like it don't yeah. work like that
0: i agree and that i think a Eddie hit the
2: transactional nail. shit sorry
0: yeah and i think eddie hit the nail on the head it's like i don't think any woman looks at those guys and says that what you're doing is wrong all the time you know what i mean you know what i mean it's like it's like those things are decent garnish. You know, some people like mm-hmm. us, like, you know, people like to see a decent garnish with their dish, for example. You know what I mean? But if there are a plethora of guys out there or gals that can get you like the full course, you know, with a decent side and the garnish, why am I concerned with you just giving me the garnish? That's the thing. It's not that yeah. the garnish is unimportant, it's the fact that, like, I have ample opportunity to get, you know, the, the steak, the, the potatoes, yeah. and the garnish. yeah. You why give would me a plate of fucking
2: scallions, nigga. I want, I, there's a whole loaded fries with all of everything on it. Why would I choose a plate of fucking, you know, just liquid cheese? I will say, though, I have frequently heard, it's never been said to me, unfortunately, but I have heard men recount to me that they've been rejected with the line you're just too nice. I have heard that. I don't know how prevalent that is, but it's something that I've heard. So I would I would just throw that in the in the bucket.
0: I think it I I always think that and I've heard that too. I always think that that's a misguided proxy. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. like they're saying yes. they're saying but that's not what they mean, yeah. Exactly. They really don't mean that. They they associate your niceness with you lacking this other stuff because they're used mm. to this good guy shit. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they don't Really mean that they're using that as a proxy for some other deficiency that you have,
2: yeah. I think that I think that probably does explain a lot of it. However, there it's a lot of people out here who, as and and we've talked about this before, that like and I've I'm sure I know Josh has, I definitely have fallen victim to like a little bit of toxic, genuinely toxic, not other type of excitement, but genuinely a little bit of toxic can be in and of itself exciting and interesting and feel like connection, sir, especially if you've got some type of deficiency, trauma, whatever the fuck you want to say. So I think a love lot of and people... Place
0: type love in a hopeless
2: place type shit. Love in hopeless place type shit to where it's like, no, I literally cannot process calm. I can't process safety. I need drama. I need push and pull for this to really feel like it's love. And I think that a lot of men and women both fall victim to that. So while I think yeah, half of it is women saying you're too nice because it's better than saying you are completely and totally disinterest me and there's nothing attractive about you, you are just yeah. garnish... Who's going to say that? Instead, you say, oh, it's it's not, it's not you, it's me. You're just too kind of a person. That sounds a lot easier of a letdown than you are insanely boring and unattractive. But I don't think that explains all of it. I think a lot of people are like, you give them two people equally and one is a little bit meaner than the other, I think a lot of people get turned on by that meanness. Guys and girls, but since we're talking about girls, girls.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, because I for sure, like, you do kind of get turned on by that meanness. Well, you know, yeah, I, th- I think you definitely can get turned on by like some of that toxicness. But but in that, there's still an interest in you from the other person. Even if it's kind of like bread crumbing, you're still getting some fulfillment, like you're still getting something out of it instead of it just being like a one way, like I'm just, oh, take it, uh, whatever you need, whatever you need. Can I finally have a crumb of that coochie, please? Mm. No, not yet? <laughs> fine, fine, I'll, I'll give more. You know what I'm saying, like yeah. But I guess I, I guess in terms of just staying in it and being like, all right, well, cool. I'm just I'm a see. What, I'm just gonna continue to see where this goes. You're you're there's there's a little bit of reciprocation or there's some reward yeah. there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying that you're looking I, for.
0: And that's what I was gonna say. I feel like, and I have this theory that for the vast majority of people, if you've been allowed to be toxic, you know, when you're like late 20s, early 30s it's probably because people have been letting you do that shit because you're just pretty, man. You're just pretty, you're just handsome, you're just... To- like, people are mm-hmm. People are probably still even dealing with your toxicness because you're providing them with something Not because, it's usually uh, physical. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not because, like, it's. A- I do think there's a small percentage of people that just, like, fuck with the excitement because... Yeah.
2: Okay. Trust me, I've been right. right.
0: there. But a lot of people that, like, are mean and toxic and all that stuff, people are dealing with them because they provide something a little bit more concrete and it's the fact that, like, I just like the way you fucking look.
2: That's a great Man, and, and
1: they fucking the shit out of them, too. Yeah, oh
2: yeah, and they're good. And oh, yeah, is, oh yeah. <laughs> that's an excellent fucking point, because honestly, I mean, all of this is anecdotal. That we don't, I don't have any data for what the percentages of these are, yeah, but I think neither. you're right. I think toxic is actually the default state for most people, and you you learn to be otherwise. I don't think people, people don't come out the womb or come out of a family ready to communicate their feelings and boundaries and respect those of others and shit. You learn it by bumping up against bullshit or good parenting or some combination of the two. But if you've got something that allows people to not correct you and not break up with you and dump you all the time, or you have a constant supply of new victims, you might never correct the behavior. I got some, I got some, I do have some data. I do have some data. Oh, okay. On that. And you see, I, it, you I see thought you might, children. nigga. I thought you might. <laughs> I think it pulled no, up you, his you internal spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, wait a second, nigga. Pulled out the scroll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you jog something for me, and this this very much cuts along um races and colorist lines. But children, oh, like you know, better... do they'll never
2: get better. <laughs>
0: no, seriously, seriously, because yeah. like their their behavior, they're less likely to be punished for negative behaviors when they're like young children in elementary school. Mm. So it's never a lot of punishment to correct those behaviors, and it's it literally falls along like. If you're more societally attractive, so like if you're like lighter, if you're white, you know what I mean? So it, it very much falls along races and colorist lines. But if you're deemed a more attractive child, you're going to get fewer punishments and you're going to get less harsh punishments um, than your counterparts. Damn. It also falls along gender lines because girls, especially black girls, are punished more frequently and more harshly than even black boys. Damn.
1: Man, I tell you, that just made so much shit make sense. I don't mean my person, you know, in my mind, especially like more like dark skin girls,
2: because
1: mm-hmm. like dark skin, some. And I'm not generalizing like totally, but like just in my in my own experience growing up, in you know, in some hooder, some hooder young ladies at the time, they just seemed to kind of have a chip on their shoulder, you know. Mm-hmm. And he ain't know what the fuck was going on with him, but like it's just like you know, certain type of people just kind of had a chip on their shoulder,
2: like a defensiveness. They was getting
0: or? treated bad, man. They was getting treated bad, man. You know what I'm saying? That shit's yeah. real.
2: Yeah. Yes, you you grow a, a way of protecting yourself. Is that kind of what it looks yeah,
1: like? I get. Yeah. Yo, just you know, you get angry, and then like you know, it's like don't nobody care about. what well, I, I I have no fucking idea. I'm not even gonna like yeah. sit up here and act like I know their thoughts, but. It seems like there's there's anger in like the way in their situation the way they've been treated I guess, and you know they just be quick to fight and quick to fight, like pop off. And it's just stuff like that, you know. It's just kind of like they just got a fucking chip on their shoulders, um, and and that you know what Alvin said that kind of that 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 does lend I can see how that lends to to maybe like possibly how they could be perceived like that or you know that situation.
2: Yeah, I definitely I don't, I don't have i don't have the expertise or the to 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 speak on it honestly. I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to get back to you. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, hell, need, none of us do. I mean, because yeah. we're talking about dark skinned black women a, no, having chips mean, on their shoulders. And it is,
2: I mean, there's a, everything that we've been talking about. We don't <laughs> we don't really have any business talking about. But that one, I just feels eh. sp- specifically. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. we're ta- everything we're talking about, we're talking about because we have interacted with these women or know these women or know these people or whatever. We talk about all type of shit. But this one, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely feel like I don't have even, yeah, no. like, secondhand evidence to really fucking talk about the shit. But I do wonder how you move past that into into your adulthood. You know what I mean? When, when you've been punished in that way and your family is your first bully, your first trauma, whatever the fuck. Like, I don't know how people get past that.
0: I mean, I do know, like, so it, it's no secret. I speak about my mother all the time. But, like, one of the mm-hmm. things that she that she always talked about was, you know, she got picked on because not only was she, my mother's a very dark-skinned woman, but also she was, she was heavier as a child. Mm-hmm. And also my mother's tall. So just imagine, you know, yeah. somebody, like, you know, who's heavy, who's approaching six feet tall, oh, who's yeah. dark-skinned. Oh growing up in the 70s in the rural in the very rural south so yeah. her whole thing was like nobody nobody respected her till she like developed this persona of essentially just being a bully mm. and that's something that has literally like carried her through like her adult lifespan being you know essentially trying to assert herself you know in every single situation because of the way she was treated as a child and that's one thing that has always like made me uh, kind of softened my approach with her, along mm-hmm. with illness and other stuff. But that's one thing that even even when I was a child, hearing those kind of stories from like family members kind of made me soften my approach. Yeah. But it's also and it also impacted. You know how she raised me. You know what I mean? Like she like she literally would be like, you know, like I get into fights in the neighborhood and she'd be like, don't don't come home if you don't win. Like I remember I remember I lost a fight. I lost a mm-hmm. fight and I was scared to go home because she saw me lose a fight, so I couldn't even lie.
2: See, I, and that was exactly what I was going to ask you, like, because, you know, terms like generational trauma and all that kind of shit have become very popular now. And I just it's, I grapple with it myself It's very upsetting to think like. The people who maybe traumatized us or didn't give us what we needed and result in our own issues now are like they're just this your mother for whatever she for, for all the things that she did to you or failed to do for you is like. Still, this like scared young girl in the shell that she created, you know, and then that shit impacts you. I don't know, it's just kind of like you said, it softens you, but it's a little bit, um, sad when you kind of sometimes have to go, now, you know what? I don't know that I can, that I can forgive or whatever. It's like,
1: it's like, man, because. It's, 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 that's that's real tough because it is like generational trauma. It is it's kind of, it's, it very much so is a cycle. And most of these parents who have gone through this trauma and have been like abused and whatnot, just try to be a little bit better than what was done to them or just be like a little bit better than the situation they came from because they don't know anything else. It's like, I don't want to be as bad, but it's still like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to prepare my child the best way that I can, even if it's totally fucked up. but this is what I know, this is all I know this is how I was treated. I don't know what it means to to, 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 to to feel love and like you know in a different situation when I don't have to you know repeat those same actions. I don't know what that looks like. so let me try to toughen my child up because this is what the world was to me. this is what the world looked like to me. This is the world that I had to experience. And I don't want my child to be soft. I don't want my child to, uh, you know.
0: I mean, I will. I will say, and quick, quick story, quick story. So, mm-hmm. like I said, my mother always told me that if I lost a fight, don't come home. So, that particular fight that I lost, because I didn't lose many fights in the neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> Hey, man, you know, pop my collar on that one. I didn't look at that. I yeah, believe, eight I eight I eight believe eight. you, nigga. You, <laughs> yeah. but, you hey, was trying to
1: trick ten. me with that. Eight out of ten fights, nigga. <laughs> but them two? Eight out of ten. But eight this out
2: nigga ten. Alvin yeah. was trying to trick me with saying that shit I bought on no karate and shit. I'm, you're not going to get me, goddammit, Alvin.
0: <laughs> no, like I, like, I, like, I was real young when this happened. So, Curtis okay. Harris beat my ass, bro. And like, <laughs> So, I used to hang out with the, with the older kids because it wasn't many people in my neighborhood that were exactly my age. I was kind of in the middle. There were a yeah. lot of kids younger than me. There was a set that was maybe like three, four years older than me, and there was a set that was like five, six years older than me. Mm. So I was right in the middle. So I don't even remember what we got into a fight about, but I tried this nigga, man. I tried this nigga, Curtis Harris, in the middle of the street, and like it it, it might as well have been some David and Goliath shit, man. Like I'm like <laughs> swinging wildly. He's like very casually like brushing this shit off. Like the fight went on so long that like we're in the middle of the road. My mom is out on the porch just watching. His dad's on the porch just watching, yeah. cause you know we're you know yeah. I'm like I'm like ten, yeah. he's like thirteen, so eventually he catches me you know in the jaw you know bust my lip I go down I hop immediately back up and then finally their parents are like okay okay that's enough they break it up so my mother brings me in she treats me up and she's like she's like I'm very proud of you for holding your ground cause I'm like I'm crying at this point not because I'm upset because I lost the fight cause at that point I felt like I could have still went back in. And, like, mm-hmm. going a couple rounds. Like, I'm, I'm, like, cool from a fight perspective, but I'm crying because I'm like, shit, I'm finna get kicked out the fucking house. Oh, like, yeah. I'm finna be, like, out on the street. But, no, so I'm crying. And she's like, no, I'm very proud of you. She was like, I'm never gonna have to worry about you in life. She was like, you went out there, and you, like, fought, and that's what I want you to do. She was like, I want you to be a nigga that's gonna fight. And she patched me up, and that is, like, the, the last truly tender moment that we probably had as, like, mother and son. But to Josh's point, I do feel like that was probably the one point where she really did try to like move it forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it wasn't like I was going to continue to traumatize my child. I felt like that was maybe the only step she took where she was like, I'm not going to. Where like I'm going to reward him for trying, but understand that losses are possible.
1: Yeah. Man. Man, bro. Like that. I swear, you be you be coming through with these stories sometimes that I just like, man. Now these need to be like lines in movies. I want you to be a nigga that go out there and fight. Like that's like some Antoine Fisher shit. I don't know.
2: See, I you know it's hard for me to grapple with this because hearing that story, I've got some similar type of experiences. I feel like it makes it makes me well up a bit, but but I second guess that because that feels a lot to me like like the slave master giving you a biscuit type shit. Now I'm not comparing her to that or anything like that, but it just feels like, it feels like it like not really love. And, I, and I'm not saying that that is the case, but I'm just curious of what your view on that is because I find myself oftentimes latching onto these little memories of what felt like tenderness in certain moments mm-hmm. and having to catch myself to not, in my, in my view, forgive this person when they shouldn't be forgiven or try and, create a narrative that every bad thing that happened was really part of like just a hardened person trying to love you when i think for a lot of it it's like "Mm." some of these niceties were really they weren't real um in some ways they were they were part of a performance of what of of their own self-view or ultimately maybe they were kind but one out of ten is not even close to good enough and that makes me sad as well to have to say something like that. But that's, yeah, so I'm, all of that was a question. That's just what I feel but I'm curious what yeah. do you feel?
0: Oh, no, I, de- I definitely agree. So like when, when me and my mother talk and I express grievances, her rebuttal is typically, well, you turned out fine. You know, like, well, you know, like, obviously I didn't do everything wrong because you you and your sisters
2: turned out okay. So so I guess so if I turned out fine, we wouldn't be having this conversation, you know?
0: Yeah, so like I definitely feel like that kind of falls into that same category where it's like, I'm I'm judging her based on her own standard in that in that instance in that moment. Like I'm saying that relative to other mm-hmm. stuff, that's probably the best thing.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Do and I definitely th- don't. I definitely don't forgive her. That, that's not like a. That's yeah, not that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Forgiveness is 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 very complicated.
2: Where do, you, where do you think, because she's, she's currently ill, yeah? yeah. Where do, where do the chips fall? Like You add all that stuff up, you add up like, because it's sad, like you cut somebody off and you're like, damn, I'm cutting this person off because they traumatized me and then you can you get overwhelmed with this feeling of sadness that like, they traumatized me because they were traumatized and now I've left them alone, you know what I mean? And so they're like, they're still that confused yeah. child that's trying to find connection in the world but you're like, yo, but it's not my job to fix you, it's not my job to connect to you. So what where did, did the go? Yeah. Oh my think, God. Yeah. You traumatize yeah. your child, and your child abandons you, and you're there's right. that little that little five year old from you know 1965 in your head going, why did why did they leave me? What what did I what did man. I do? Yep. I don't understand what happened. Yeah. And you're like, sorry, man, I can't. It's not my job to heal your inner child.
0: I think my biggest the so it's 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 twofold. So one on one side, I'm very comfortable saying like. Let her come to me and let her mend bridges as a parent because as I've discussed at length on here, that's what my father did. Despite me yeah. pushing him away, despite me being more harsh than probably his situation warranted now that I know, like, full story and all this shit, mm. like, that nigga just didn't stop coming, man. That nigga, that nigga just, like, he, he worked to put himself back in this position in my life and, like, mm. that's, that means something. Yeah. So, for me to see that like justification between, Yeah. For me to, you know, for him to just like own up, he ain't never made no excuses. He just been like, man, I fucked up. You know, like, this is what I'm trying to do now. Like, what can I do? So, there's that. But it's also the fact that, like, there was a point where I felt really comfortable just saying, like, you know, I'm not gonna deal with my mother. And then I kind of realized that going through all of this stuff, me being hands-off just puts greater onus on my sisters. Yeah. So, despite the fact that they, like, have more reason. To not deal with her than I do, like vastly more. Like some of this shit, I ain't even gonna put it. I ain't even gonna put it on blast like that. But some of this shit that I done said on here that ain't, they ain't got shit on on my sisters In them relationship. Mm-hmm. But like, I do sometimes feel guilty and shame because me not being there just makes them have to be there more. And sp- instead of splitting all this shit three ways,
2: they're splitting it two. Yeah. So I balance that a little bit. How you? what's the, what's the, man, that's crazy, that's crazy how much some of that shit is matching up. Sorry, but like, so what's the answer there? Because that would just build so much resentment in me, like, towards the, my parent, like, damn, you done trapped me in a situation where my choice is not between mending the relationship with you and harming myself. It's between harming myself or harming another third innocent party because you have a gun to both of our heads right now. Like that would, I would feel so trapped by that dilemma.
0: I do. And I, and I, and I feel, so I feel guilty about the position that I put my sisters in. Basically, since they were children themselves, I feel guilty about that all the time. Something that I deal with literally every single day. And then it's even more so now because I'm like, like, I've literally had this conversation with them where I say, why aren't y'all angry? And they're like, you know, X, Y, Z, reason or whatever. And I'm like, cool, I'll be angry for the both of us. And they're like, we understand. We accept it. We're going to let you work through shit on your own time. By the way, you know, mom's stage five and has and has cancer. And I'm like, after you just told me that you're going to let me process shit on my own time and that kind of shit. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's.
2: You feel like they acted. Like you feel like they activated that in a way they shouldn't have or
0: or No, I feel I feel like I feel like they're legitimately like giving me permission to chill. To not be that nigga. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they're legitimately always putting me in a spot where they're like the paternalistic figures. Yeah. Where like they're always like there and like I'm always the person that's like leaning on them which just exacerbates the guilt because it's the guilt that I've had since I was 10.
2: Why did they say, I know you said X, Y, Z, but what, why aren't they angry? If they, if they said, like, what would the, what's the shit that they said where they were like, this is how we rationalize it or get over it or did get over it?
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So their big thing is that they felt like it's okay because they, they, don't ever felt like they wanted for family or togetherness. They felt like they had like they had our grandmother and again wow. it was it was it was extreme poverty, you know, like your mother's mother. Yeah, my mother's mother. So and we may have to cut this part out, but I'll but I'll tell y'all. Yeah, yeah let me so essentially essentially my mother was mm. and she literally threw them on my grandmother's doorstep like I'm like I'm not joking that's that's like a fact yes so my grandmother who has been physically who had been well she's deceased now but had been physically disabled for even prior to my life like for years before she was physically disabled so she was collecting she couldn't work she was collecting disability so my grandmother was supporting them all on her disability checks and they were like they didn't have clothes they could barely like feed themselves so my grandmother and my uncle tried to get custody of them which would have meant that my mother So that is literally the only reason why my sisters ended up back in Atlanta with her, because my grandmother and my uncle had a very legitimate court case about getting custody of them, which would have. So so then your mother took them
2: back in order to continue. Okay.
0: yeah. So but through all of that, my sister like through their formative years, they were like they never felt like they didn't have a maternal figure. It was rough, but they had my uncle, they had my grandmother, they had each other. So they felt like they never really missed out on a lot. They were just like poor. They yeah. had mm. they had family.
1: Yeah. So they got that they got that that love that anybody needs. But of course like it was just like in, in poor conditions. Like financially yeah. poor conditions. But they actually were filled with love like genuine love from like a community
0: exactly yeah Mm yeah
1: that bro that just go to show you how the difference because i think a lot of people strive for money thinking that money is the is is gonna like raise their children to be like how they need to be raised to be proper adults Mm -hmm. rich motherfuckers be some of the
2: most abusive (laughs) absentee motherfuckers out there
1: absolutely absolutely and because yeah like most poor people like at least they do have that community of people that help raise them and they are filled with love and they it turn out to be like better human beings than people who were you know raised well with money but no love or various or uh, little amounts of it
2: i do wonder about that though because i agree that like poor with community versus rich without it I would choose poor I think I mean I didn't grow up poor poor but it depends on how yeah. poor it, it depends, depends on, on how yeah, poor. because I, right, right. I, I live I lived lower middle <laughs> and then, <laughs> then, then yeah, there's, there's degrees there's degrees I'd rather yeah. nigga, you can't you can't eat friendship nigga you cannot eat friendship yeah. so I would even, yeah. even
0: even my poor I would I would agree with you so, so yeah. I, I think there's
2: something to that because I, I was yeah. I was lower middle class and then middle class growing up so I wasn't I was never poor poor as, I think. Actually, you know what? I mean, I think I've said this before. Like I've been poor, bro. I might you have been, been poor. Like L- now that lower I'm lower middle? Yeah, now
0: lower middle is a gray area. Lower middle is a gray area.
2: Yeah, me. nigga. I don't know. Cause when I was looking back, like I went back to my childhood home and I was like this the ghetto? Like, I didn't I didn't recognize it <laughs> off of... This is,
1: oh my God, like, you didn't feel safe? Like, you wanted yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I was like, it genuinely, I went back to my old neighborhood and I was like, this is a place that, as an adult, I would not feel safe. Like, what the oh fuck is this God. place? I would never yeah. be caught dead here. Oh my God. Yeah. Um... So like literally, I, there was just little shit that I didn't take context of. Like we literally had the you know you know those like steel bars, but they're like made mm-hmm. to look fancy. We had them shits on all the windows. I just thought that's mm-hmm. what windows were. I didn't th- think of it as like a anti theft yeah. device until way yeah. later in life. Like the nigga, my dad would always put that motherfucking like bar on the wheel. You know the, you know mm-hmm. the shit I'm talking about. Every time you yeah, stop, yeah, yeah. like the, the and I'm I didn't the door, put con- the door stopper. It's like a okay, so like on the car wheel, oh. there's this thing that like you stretch it out yeah. and then lock it so yeah. that the wheel yeah. can't turn. Um I never thought nothing of that shit. I was just like that's just what you do when you lock a car, just nigga. <laughs> just what you do when you park. Bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Also just like I feel like Is that like, something? I don't know.
0: It's something, but I definitely feel like that that's also like a Metro Atlanta thing.
1: Okay. That See, like, yeah. I don't know cuz that's crazy cuz I can relate I can relate to you, Eddie. Because I my my the household that I grew up in, we were middle low lower middle Lower middle, but I don't remember like I I never went to bed just hungry, you know. Yes, out of, I, yeah, I, I we never didn't. skipped.
2: I never didn't have meals.
1: Yeah, yeah, like you know, I w- if I was hungry, like there was shit in there. But you're like,
2: oh on you know, I don't, you know,
1: whatever. But at the same time, like we did not. There, it was always like, we all. all right, we on a budget. Like, right, well, mama, what's what's new? Yeah, we ain't going to be able to do X, Y, and Z because, you know, the money yeah. kind of tight. Well, mama, you said that like six months ago. I didn't I, I didn't realize we was out of the previous budget. Like, I mean, uh, like bitch, we live in paycheck to paycheck right not bitch. now. Like, but, it, uh, oh, sorry, my, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, calm down, brother. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. That's fair enough. I, 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 I forget hey. where I'm at. I forget where I'm at.
2: My apologies. Uh, <laughs> bitch retracted. But, <laughs> ma'am. But
1: there was like one time, there was one time because I remember seeing those, like those steering wheel locks. Yeah. And I thought that was like when growing up, I was like, "Damn, why, why, why don't we have that shit?" Because I was a, I was, I was always sort of aware of things, and I just remember thinking, "Well, damn, why? We probably need one of them shits. Like, ain't, ain't that mm. so? Somebody will to steal the car, or whatever." I'm sorry, but there was was one other little thing though. Like one time, it happened a couple times actually, but we, one time in particular, we got robbed. The house got robbed, and the only thing my mom did. Was well, she got one of those those sticks that you put in the door. Uh-huh. Like, that you put up against the door so it won't open. Like, that's the only thing she did. Like, I guess that was the only thing she could do at the time. Yeah, yeah like, there was no ADT,
2: no Brinks installed, none of that shit. Just, Not so, at all. <laughs> just a stick I mean, against the door. Then.
1: Like, this is, like, the 90s, bro. Like, you yeah. know, um, mid-90s. Like, so this is before that shit. Like, we couldn't afford that. So she just got, like, one of those sticks that you put up against the door. And, like, I, honestly... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but we we never, like, you know, we didn't, um, we didn't have a break-in like that again.
2: Yeah. You know what's crazy is, like, we didn't get our car stolen from, from the house until we were middle middle. Like, that never happened at the lower middle class, but, like, at middle middle, that's when we actually got a car stolen, because I guess we, we just got too relaxed, you know? Mm. They took that shit. Started just
1: leaving doors open and shit. (laughs) Just started leaving doors unlocked.
2: (laughs) They took that bitch right out the driveway. But there's 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 Dang. there's family secrets circling around that it might have actually been stolen by a family member and some other shit like that. I don't really know exactly yeah. what the fuck happened. You know that motherfuckers don't really tell you what the fuck is going on, with with shit. Really, you know. Yeah, it's some yeah, family yeah. deaths that I don't even really know mm-hmm. how people died. For real, for real. Like I don't, because I'm not yeah. buying the the mainstream media story on some of this shit. Yeah. yeah,
0: man. Subscribe to the Patreon for those stories, man.
2: You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really if you really want to get the you really want to get the juicy deets. I know it's a black family group chat somewhere with all these goddamn secrets somewhere that that has everything that's actually fucking going on. But I'm yeah. not I have not been invited to it yet, so I don't know what's up. It's it's a it's a WhatsApp,
0: man. You know y'all y'all international and shit. It's a WhatsApp somewhere with ADS and all
1: this shit. Y'all wanna know something, just like family secrets or just shit that go on and like my family is from Brunswick, Georgia. That's the coast of Georgia for people that don't know. St. Simon's Island is where, like, you know, a lot of my family is from, or we have, like, roots there. I'm not a huge family person. I don't know a lot of these people, like, personally, but just from stories from my mom, like, it's, like, elements to fucking rich craft, niggas performing roots on people, like, Mm. adoption, not knowing who your parents are, like, it's crazy shit that goes on and traumatizes, like, you know our fucking parents like shit that we we essentially kind of I guess shield us shield us from and like that we would never like we don't we don't know the the depths of the thing some of the things that they've gone through
2: oh yeah I mean when I when I even what you were just saying when I think about that like Bayou or Geechee or just like southern gothic it, it, some of this shit sounds like horror movie shit, but it's but I know it's shit that really happens. Yeah. It's like that combination of all of those different types of cultures and different types of traumas and shit like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just a real quick uh, story, just oh please from one of those things. Um, my granddad, the same granddad who had a chicken. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, you know, he was a uh, you know he was doing some things. So. With the, with the with some woman that was in the neighborhood, um, <laughs> yeah, that was actually her name. Yeah, that's how you like. Yes, old black, bro, old black, old black. It wasn't um,
2: short for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's <just a> name. <laughs> oh, so oh, I
1: might ask you to bleep that out. Like I really don't think you're bad, but I don't know. It's just something about it. Surely she's um, not. Around, right yeah no no no, no. but still though still they're like you know oh he just, true
2: like, yeah you're gonna get that <laughs> voodoo from yeah two I generations after like,
1: Some. yeah but you never know who listens mm. but anyway um true. she would go out and rake leaves and burn leaves and my mom like would see it happen like like such and such as you know she got that burning the leaves and she'll see like my granddad like he just started he couldn't sit still, like he could not sit still when she started burning them leaves, and he, he would go over there, and you know they would do what they do. And she was like, "I think like she might have put a root on, you know, or like can it you, was some."
2: Can you explain for folks listening, and my and my myself included, what exactly a root is?
1: Oh, it's it's basically like black witchcraft, essentially. Mm. Like you can um. Um, and this is not to say like this is what happened, but like just imagine like stories where you hear like of, of, um, girls putting their like menstrual cycle in like spaghetti to like make, to influence someone to love you, to influence someone's behavior, like to control someone's actions. It's basically mm-hmm. like when, when we say root and that's a uh, deri- uh, derived from like the islands of Caribbean culture, it's basically just black witchcraft.
2: Okay. Specifically for the purposes of, um, Influence or mind control Or or it covers a lot of different shit
1: Oh it could cover a lot of different shit People have roots for money Like it was all sorts of shit Like they would put a curse on your family Like it's a That shit is deep It's deep Like it's It's like Could also be used for generational curses
2: Damn That shit Yeah that shit is scary That people were doing that type of shit So she would burn the leaves And this nigga would like Float up like Like it was a pie on a windowsill Summoned to the To the smoke To go over there
1: (laughs) I guess if that's the image you have in your mind. But yeah. That's what I imagined. He just, couldn't, <laughs> he was, he just like, was like just start getting like fidgety and just couldn't sit still and was like, Oh, I gotta I got a fucking itch I need to scratch. Like
2: I you know, I gotta go. That's some sinister shit really, like on his part, if I'm if I'm being honest. Of course. Of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. She's yeah,
1: of course. Yeah. But that's that's what when I say like witchcraft and like Shit like that, just in my own family history, like that's why I believe in a lot of. <coughs> excuse me, I believe in a lot of stuff, and I'm and I know like some of that shit exists, and I've experienced some of these things myself. And you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's shit, it, it can you know it's crazy. She it can be very God, crazy. Damn. Please do actually, do, uh, you know,
2: <laughs> bleep, bleep her name. <laughs> yeah, out. Okay. I don't want no goddamn roots getting put <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <me. laughs> We, we might have some motherfuckers listening to this bitch, like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me just hold on. Oh, just oh, oh, they start stirring right. shit up, sewing shit together, picking shit off trees. We're about to fuck this nigga's whole whole week up. <laughs> your grandchildren gonna feel this. Uh well look mm-hmm. on that note. Thank right. you everybody for listening. It's been waving the red flag. Uh, if you should happen to feel an itch when you see a smoke a tough coming up around your neighborhood and a desire to go, you know, hunch. On the local the local lady, uh you may be seeing a red flag. Um, but in the same in the same route, if um if you're passing along those intergenerational curses down the line, you are very well uh, the one who's waving the red flag. This has been waving the red flag podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Uh subscribe to the YouTube, uh follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all that good shit. We'll see y'all next week and uh, we hope everybody's feeling good, you know.
1: you yeah. a red flag.